What's up, you beauties? Welcome to another episode of I Am Wide Radio, episode 22 of season 5. I'm Jim Icavone, and I'm joined by Jack Smith and Travis Ballinghoff. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Guys, this is a sort of a post-game show on site at the Wells Fargo Center Press Row. Flyers now have points in six straight games, 5-0-1 on their last six. Morgan Frost, two goals tonight, now 16 on the season, 38 points on the year. A breakout season, if you will. We got a lot of topics to get to tonight, guys. I, I, first, I want to know what you guys are thinking. Flyers are on a six-game point streak at the absolute, probably worst time. Are there any positives to take away from something like this? Uh, or should we be upset because they're further and further away now from the top five picks? I want to know what what where you guys are, are are thinking, sort of, with the what's transpired in the last week or so. Uh, I'll go first. I mean, there are definitely some positives. You look at Morgan Frost tonight, monster game. He's been playing really well the last couple of weeks. I could say the same thing for Joel Farabee. He's heating up as of late. Um, do the positives outweigh the negatives, though, as far as the draft position? You could make that case. I, I think I actually kind of lean towards that. Um, but there, there's definitely some positives. Um, Hey, what do you think, Jack? Uh, Yeah, I think you laid it out pretty much exactly how it is. It's so it's bittersweet. It's the only thing I can think of like when they play and not just that I, Oh, they're a team. They're coming together. The young guys are really like the one shining, um, Farabee and Frost, as you mentioned, I was just thinking about the Shen trade the other day. And I'm just like, you know, both of those guys are like heating up right now. And it's like, well, I did like that trade at the time and it got shit on a lot. So it'd be nice if these guys kind of panned out. Then you look at the standings and it's just like, yeah, we're, we're, I really thought we had a chance, a good chance. And now I'm like, there's no way. And uh, they just continue to cement that. And it's, I'm sorry. In the long run, I think it's going to hurt them. I really do. But I, I still can't discount what they're that the young kids are doing. The Tippett even scored an empty netter tonight. Like, still, like, I, I gotta. Ultimately, not the best game, but I still got to uh, appreciate that. And this run has been bittersweet. What can I say? I think that's the best way to put it uh, because it's good. You know, obviously, you want the younger guys to be the ones pulling the weight here, being the catalysts and. You know, they are. Like you said, Jack, they were again tonight. On the flip side, I think it's okay as a fan to realize the more they win right now, the less their, you know, percentages of, you know, uh, getting a top pick in the draft become. And as a couple fans pointed out, I put out a tweet the other day trying to find the silver lining in all the winning that's going on. You know, it wasn't so much an anti, you know, tank tweet. It was, hey, Flyers are winning right now. It's just the reality of it. Here's why it's maybe not that bad. You know what I mean? And a couple people made a point to point out, hey, the more they win, you know, if, if they if they remain in the six, seven spot, they have a, a greater chance of falling back further just by by the percentages, which I think is lame. You know, but it, it's a reality. So, yeah, I, I didn't consider, you know, if they do finish seventh in the lottery, they do end up having uh, the chance to slide back further. There's there's a better chance that that could happen. 
You know, the, all right. So I'll say it like this: There's a greater chance that they could fall to eight or nine than there is chance that they draft top four if they remain seventh. And um, I, I don't. It doesn't really. I don't care. It's two spots. If if you know, I think a lot of us now have been following the draft rankings and you know now following players like Zach Benson, Dalibor Dvorsky, guys like that. Uh, they're going to get a player in the top ten. Uh, anything can happen. You know, maybe one of these teams reaches and picks a, a D. You know, I can't remember the, the guy's name now. I think it's a Swedish kid. Um, but maybe somebody reaches and somebody falls. Who You never know. So it, it's kind of like how I am with prospects in general. Until they're on the flyers, I, I don't really talk guys up, aside from Tyson Forrester, because I just thought he was going to have a great year. I don't really, I don't really do that. And same thing with the draft until it happens, until they get knocked back to nine or 10. I'm like, well, you know, they still have a chance for first, you know, and maybe that, you know, maybe I'm dumb for thinking that way. You know, it's just a little bit until it happens, <laughs> until it happens. <laughs> I, I can't really get upset. You know, does that so make sense? more optimistic than me? I love it. Oh, I, I hate it because I'll, you know, I'll be really mad. It usually does happen. I'll be really mad if we finish seventh or eighth and fall back to tenth. That would be a real buzzkill. The yeah. way the season went, right? Look, yeah. here's the way I look at this whole situation now, and I don't think there's much that can change it. Um, I really thought they had a good shot at the, you know, a top four player, which was really it. I thought that was definitely attainable. The outside shot at Bedard. Now I'm at the point where I'm, they're out. There's, they're not getting any of the Pantilli. <laughs> You know, Mark Markov. They're not. They're not getting any of those guys. It's out. There's a snowball's chance in hell they can get Bedard, and if they do, I'm gonna. I'm really gonna start to think the NHL draft is rigged. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, there's, no, there's just no way. We're due I, for I, a rigging. I, right. I, the I, the I, Penguins I, got one. Give us one. If we get it, I'll be. Like, I will immediately. Alarm bells are going off. Like there's just no way. And so, yeah, I've kind of given up on it now. It just, I'm just going to, I had a lot better time watching that third period than I have in the past because of where they are in the standings and the ground they would have to cover and not enough games being left. I'm just like, it's done. I'm just going to just try to enjoy the kids scoring. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's it. That's kind of how, that's kind of, you know, how I've been. Just take things as they come. Of course, the more they win, the worse their odds get. But it's like, what can I do? I can't do anything about that. So I have a tough time getting angry at it. Like we knew all year that they weren't going to roll over. It looked like things were going to kind of go south. I remember beginning of the month, I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, the Flyers might win two more games (laughs) the rest of the season. And here they are, 5-1-1 on their their season-long seven-game homestand. You know, 5-0-1 in their last six games. And what are you going to do? What was it? Out of possible fourteen points, they have eleven. <laughs> yes, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's over. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> I don't, I'm curious what you guys think. Like, I feel like the season's kind of gone the way I thought it would. They'd finish somewhere in that four to eight range. They'd play hard. Good coach team. Frost takes a little jump. Connect me bounces back. Heart strong season. Um, Tippett's taking a big jump. I expected a little jump. I I didn't expect this big of a jump, but like. For the whole, it's gone pretty much the way I thought it would outside of a couple players. 
I would, yeah, I would, I would agree. I would say that um, the season itself is, has been very flyers typical in a sense um, where they start off like better than you think in October, then suck from like the end of October to the all-star break. (laughs) And then they get a little bit in the middle before they screw up the trade deadline and then after that, they look like they're going to finish out bad. They get on a stupid, meaningless run, and their draft position isn't where it should be. I feel like that is still here. However, this season, in season with the players, everything you just said is what I agree with. It was It's not the Kevin Hayes and the Konechny's and guys of that nature. It's the kids. It's the actual future. It's the actual what we can if you're not going to – tear it to the ground, which I don't think they should do at this point. But if you're not really going to sell everybody and anybody, the players you would need to move forward are the ones performing and carrying this team. And if I have to accept we're not going to get that top pick, well, at least I have that to lean on. And that makes me feel a little bit better. That's all we can do at this point is once again, you know, kind of we're forced to look on the bright side. You know, as easy as easy and as amazing as it would be to just be like, oh, Flyers are guaranteed a top four pick. Like, it just can never be easy in any way, shape, or form for Flyers fans. Um, we do have a comment here from Timbo Slice. The best <laughs> way I've seen it put, players don't tank. They're out there to prove their worth, especially guys like Forrester. Came up for a few games and went off. Yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun to see. You know, it's something to look forward to in the future. Um, I think it's what you want kind of in a, a year when things go how they went, you know, uh, all, all year long, we've, we've kind of been forced to find the positives. And I think when a guy, when guys like Tippett, Forrester, even Cam York, you know, kind of present themselves, it's like, all right, these guys are going to be around for next year, you know? So they, they kind of made it easy where you didn't have to look too far. For, for positives, even though the, the record's not great. You know, we, I think we know what the Flyers need. They need more high-end talent. They need more goals. Defensively, though, I think they looked okay. PK, not great. Power play worse than the league. It's it's obvious what they need help in. They need help with, you know, goals. It's, it's obvious. Uh, you know, how they go about fixing that, I think, remains to be seen. Um, I heard a comment up here in the, in the press row tonight. I think it was Colin Newby that mentioned it, that on, on a radio show, Danny Briere had mentioned, he was asked the question, who do you want to model your rebuild after? And the response that he gave was the Buffalo Sabres. Oh boy. And so Colin went back and looked. The Buffalo Sabres were picking top 10 for the last 10 years. 10 years straight of top 10. So uh, uh, maybe he meant more recent. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope. Yeah. I hope he's thinking Ryan O'Reilly trade, Tage Thompson return, and not 10 years of tanking. Right. Be- because, I mean, I always call it the curse of Vili Leno. I mean, he scores that overtime winner against them in game six when he was still in Philly. They go out the next offseason, give him a big deal, and they haven't been in the playoffs since. And it's like that- they- they've really been in two rebuilds since then there was the jack eichel era and then they kind of rebuilt it again just a year or two ago when they traded them away for uh krebs and what else, whatever else they got that's funny because the leno thing's great because that is a notoriously owned family that does not like to spend money 
so when they took that chance and it blew up so badly, <laughs> it went to full rebuild. <laughs> and yeah, Eichel, you one rebuild piece you thought wouldn't you'd be fine with in Eichel somehow didn't work out. I mean, they made a lot of baffling decisions, so that prolonged it for sure. But that Ryan O'Reilly trade, which they originally got killed for, may have saved their asses. That's true. I mean, Tage Thompson, could you imagine? So the, if there's a way, I mean, because it, it, it's interesting because at the deadline, the Flyers were supposed to be after guys, you, you know, that were reclamation projects. And I don't know, maybe they maybe they get lucky somehow and they, they find one of those guys like a Tage, like a 40 goal scorer, you know, just sitting on a scrap heap somewhere. And, uh, well, uh, I mean, the, the Panthers did get rid of Tippett. There you go. Maybe I mean, Elliot, Elliot Freeman yeah. said they were Boom. totally out on him. They wanted nothing to do with him anymore. That's why when people say like, oh, Fletcher got a really good return. I'm like, yeah, in retrospect, at the time, the trade was a little iffy because Florida, who's a good team and a good, good organization, uh, just were done with him. They were completely done with him. It's like they they almost could have cut him. That's how they felt about him. Like, it's not like it was some kind of gem. They were just done with him. The fact that he's just – done what he's done i mean i think we're all shocked to be honest there's nobody out there saying oh i told you so like it, it's been really impressive i his shot he, he just couldn't finish seemed to be his deal and i he's just it looks makes it look easy sometimes so that's that's definitely definitely a really good point yeah well let's move forward a little bit here but not before we get andrew bonvecchio's comment here good point trav not too many too many <laughs> rebuilds not enough foundation yeah um, that was Buffalo, I assume, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, hopefully it doesn't take ten years. Uh, one, one, one quick thing about Timbo's comment: the whole rebuild that, or I mean, excuse me, the whole tank thing went out the window when you trade for Tony D'Angelo, you hire John Tortorella, you keep connecting, you keep Hart, you keep Provorov. The team might lose games because they're bad, but the whole tanking thing went out the window when, you know, when the off season came and went. Yeah, they were never – that wasn't their plan going in, even though the rest of us knew that it was inevitable. That's why they're at the bottom of the league, but they never had the roster to be the bottom of the league. But with the injuries they had, I think there was a good chance. And then the young kids, you know, step right in and keep keep the train rolling. So, you know, if anybody's going to do it, at least it's them. For sure. Well, let's move on a little bit here. We do have a, a bevy of topics to get to tonight. Uh, earlier this week – uh, actually, it's Tuesday. So when was this? Yesterday? Dave Scott announced his retirement. Man, that seems like a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Dave Scott retires. Dan Hilferty uh, assumes his position as, what was he, chairman, uh, president? I don't even remember Dave Scott's position. The The less I heard about Dave Scott, the better is how <laughs> I kind of viewed these things. And don't get me wrong. I got to look around before I say this, but the the less I hear about Dan Hilferty going forward, the better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I only want to hear from Danny Briere. I want to hear from the hockey guys. Like he's got the money. He knows the business side. That's great. I, I really just want to hear from the hockey guys going forward. So uh, let's talk about this for a little bit. Uh, Trap. Dave Scott retires. Uh, were you surprised by this? Um. No, not surprised that he retired. It's kind of been rumored i guess the last couple of months by different outlets that this was a very real possibility um when they hired hilferty we talked about it a couple of weeks ago none of us really 
even cared to learn his name just because we thought he was just another businessman who was going to be on the business side of things. I don't think anyone thought he was going to uh, take over Dave Scott's job. Um, doing a little bit of research on him. He's from South Jersey. He's a big Flyers fan. Uh, he's a good businessman. He helped bring or he helped bring the 2026 soccer men's world cup here in a couple of years. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, he's, he's not going to be the president of hockey off. He's not going to be the GM as, as long as Comcast continues to let the flyers uh, spend to the cap when they're good again. And they're over this rebuild. That's really all I care about. Um, there, there'll be some things I'd like Comcast to clean up a little bit. Maybe no more gritty snacks in the middle of a, a 10 game losing streak. Um, kind of chill with the gritty. I think they've actually done a good job of that this year. Yeah. Um, I did see a comment on uh, Instagram yesterday saying like a, a big thing, the flyers, and this, this doesn't really have anything to do with on the ice is the business side, but a big thing the flyers have done this season was like giveaways to try and sell tickets. And it really hasn't worked. And when you kind of look at the promotional schedule, it's like finger puppets and, shower beer holders it's not like it's replica jerseys and bobbleheads and hats like a lot sorry. of other teams do real quick like, sorry wow sorry so yeah they, sh they should do more of that stuff i think tonight was they gave away a shirt they i think they did something for pearl jam yeah they had a pearl jam uh it was pearl jam night and they had a pearl jam cover band when i walked in it was a pretty decent crowd in the uh, you know that bar the bar section there like well, that yeah, that's, that's pretty cool this is that's cool. how you sell tickets not from yeah. finger puppets and shower beer holders and stuff like that so okay. still have that's another thing next year this is post <laughs> very gimmicky right yeah this is a post fletcher and well not yet scott this is a post fletcher game maybe things are already changing right exactly comcast is already starting to get the ball rolling now that hilferty's in there better giveaways <laughs> so I saw something funny the other day. I can't remember who it was, but uh, the Flyers' record under Danny Briere is what, like five, two, and one now? Or something <laughs> yeah, like it's that? pretty good. <laughs> so he, he comes in automatically, changes the team. Uh, yeah, Jack, what does this mean for you, uh, Dave Scott retiring? I don't really know. To be honest with you, I never really cared to begin with. Um, I always felt like I've seen his interviews and it's like, I knew he doesn't know anything about the sport and the whole Bill Barber thing irks me. But like, I saw him like look at Fletcher and be like, yeah, we need, we need, we need that maybe a little bit more. Like he was, he was pushing for more to, for this team to win. He just didn't know what the hell he was doing. It, it felt like they needed a face of uh, an Ed Snyder face or something like somebody to represent Comcast. And I just never cared for that. I'm like, I care about who's running the team and they typically spend a lot. So I can't blame the team for not spending money. So I just, it just is another name or face that annoyed me who I didn't really feel had all that much power to begin with. It was whoever they decided to swap him out for those people making those decisions and whatnot. And I, I, I it just represents an error where this team was on a downward spiral at rapid rate but I can put like two other faces in there too. So it's like, yeah, no, I, I think that's well said. Yeah. It's just, when you think about this era of hockey, he's, he's going to be one of the guys that comes up. He's going to be one of the names, you know, the, the face. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think that there was a lot of 
I mean, whoever took this team over when Ed Snyder passed away, um, you know, they were given a golden goose, basically, with this Flyers organization. I mean, it was one of the most popular. It's still, even though the even though the the organization uh, was in disarray, it's still one of the most popular NHL franchises, right? The history, uh, it's it draws one. You know, it's one of the best drawing uh, away teams when they travel out west. You know, Anaheim, uh, Canada, people love going to see the Flyers. And it's because they, you know, they probably hate them, right? And, you know, there's some Flyers fans all over the country, yada, yada. But, you know, they, they pull a good draw as an away team. So um, they're, they're a very popular team. And whoever took this team over, it was almost impossible to, to I don't want to say impossible to screw up, uh, but it was, all you had to do was maintain, maintain a standard that was set. Instead, they tried to change a lot, right? And it, they came it, in like they knew better. Yeah, it's uh, they they really uh, they really corporatized it. And I gotta watch how loud I say that because <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't want to. It's not supposed to sound like an insult. It just is. It just is what happened. And so they need to work on. It's unfortunate because you couldn't be any more of a. I don't know how to describe it. Like, like a, a fa- I don't know. Would you say that they were like they were like a family type? Like you could take your family to a Flyers game type thing, and you know, pass it on the tradition of you know being a Flyers fan and everything. You you were proud to do that, even though it's been so long since they won. The new regime takes over, and it's kind of like you're a little bit embarrassed, right? Like you, you don't have that same uh, pride of being a Flyers fan. You're a little embarrassed these days, right? It's it, They just haven't done anything right. So now what they have to do is they kind of have to rebuild not just the team, but the trust amongst fans. And it, it, you might think that that would be hard to do, but I think Flyers fans are, are so loyal and so starved for just hockey because they love their team. It's not going to be hard for them. You know, and I think that's a good thing. It may also be a bad thing because it just shows them, you know, all we got to do is this, this, and this, and we got the fans back. Mm. But I'll, I'll see it. I'll see it as a good thing because I miss this place being packed. I miss exciting hockey. I miss, you know, the emotion of it. You know, the worst thing in the world is watching this team with two months left and having nothing to play for. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited and looking forward to all that. And I, I hope they do things the right way uh, with Dan Hilferty at the helm. You know, it's, it's I'm happy. My bad. No, you're good. I'm happy that this guy is like a Flyers fan. If you do a little research, and I don't want to get too specific because I don't want to call out anybody in particular, but a lot of these people who, before they worked for the Flyers, they were – a part of very small market, low budget teams. And it's like, that's not what Philly is. Like, I just don't think not that they didn't know what they were getting themselves into, but they just weren't expecting, or they weren't as used to this rabbit of a fan base and what we're into. And I think maybe we're starting to see a change. Hopefully. Um, As far as on the hockey side though, like, I think Dave Scott's biggest downfall was just he listened to the wrong people. I mean, this team did spend to the cap every year. He and um, Chuck were here, 
So at least Comcast did do that. And it sounds like they've invested a lot in analytics and more scouts. So that's good. Um, but yet that's the biggest thing in all this. The, the whole business side has kind of fallen off a cliff and hopefully we're starting to see that trend upwards, but that's kind of in the background as far as the three of us. And I'm sure a lot of the viewers who are just diehard hockey fans, like we just want to see the team win. So hopefully this guy listens to the right guys, something Dave Scott didn't do. Interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I just wanted to say that I think um, it felt like they, this new regime tried to do something and we all had to learn a very valuable lesson, you know, and through these past couple of years where it's been the team's worst tenure since they've joined the league. And you mentioned small market people or teams, people coming from small market teams. I can think of one person. I want to say a name, but I won't. Uh, it was the Washington nationals that she came from though. Oops. Oops. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she was. She came, somebody came out and said when they first came, took over, like, "Oh, well, Flyers fans are going to have to get used to it." Get used to what? Are you kidding? <laughs> I was so angry when I heard that, and everything that's followed has been embarrassment after embarrassment. So that's like bittersweet within itself. So, like you said, Jim, though, hopefully we all learned their lesson. Mainly them. Uh, we all had to suffer, that's for sure. And they do things differently. They do things the right way this time. Listen to the right people. Spell people's names right. Get the right picture of them. And when they pass away, all the little things, everything, become a reputable organization again. And maybe the team will get better on the ice too. And then, boom, you're back where they were, at least somewhat close to it and rising. Absolutely. And the little things matter. And when you're losing, especially Flyers fans, we notice the little stuff, you know. So winning cure, like they say, winning cures everything. And I'm sure, you know, for small mistakes, we would overlook them if we were winning games. So it's, it's really simple. Fix the hockey team. You know, yeah. we, I will, I don't know if I'd mind paying 15 bucks for a milkshake. If I was watching Stanley cup playoff hockey, every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. But since they're losing, get the hell out of here with that. Um, all right. So let's get to some comments here. We got a uh, Timbo again. I'm just happy Sandstrom got his second win. Saw the first live and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. He looked good tonight. Carter Hart, I think we're, who we're going to talk about later in the show, uh, apparently suffered a some lower kind of, body. Was it a lower body? Some kind of lower body injury. I, w I was fooling around before the show, uh, before the game, and I said it was a TRL. Uh, I'm sorry, TRI, tank-related injury. <laughs> obviously, didn't work out because Sandstrom played pretty well tonight. I was actually talking about that today with someone. Like, if there's, I guess – before tonight's game, 10 left. Like, I was hoping Sandstrom would play at least six. Yeah. I think it, he's actually might. done – he hasn't played a ton, but I actually think he's done pretty well since I went on that rant a couple of weeks ago about how bad he is. About maybe, how bad he maybe is. Maybe he watched. <laughs> they got to show this guy Travis what's up here. <laughs> what a game remaining, Montreal. was like, that's definitely a game they could win. When I saw Sandstrom was starting, it was like, okay. I was like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Things yeah. are starting to line up for us here. Carter Hart's yep. taking the dive. This was a really bad game, though. You could from Montreal didn't look inspired at all. The Flyers kind of looked. They just know what they're doing. Who had the first pick of the draft last year? Well, it was yeah, Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know what? I don't think there's one player from that draft that's currently playing in in the NHL. At least not from the first round, which was crazy. Exactly. Yeah. No. Not, it's that just wild. Um. Okay. 
So we do have more comments here. Uh, ben, we're going to get to this in a little bit, buddy. So hang tight. We're going to talk uh, potential pickups and moves in just a little bit. So hang tight, Ben. We're going to get to that. Uh, all right, next topic, boys. Hang on, I have the banner sitting around here somewhere. I'm trying to work one-handed. <laughs> all right, sorry. So John Tortorella, and this was a big this is a big deal amongst fans. And I think it's fun to talk about and discuss. Uh, and then there's the other side that will say, yeah, the players don't care about it. You know, they know who the, the, the leader is and, you know, yada, yada. But John Tortorella came out now for whatever reason, I guess because somebody asked the question, said there will not be a captain for the Flyers in the 2023-2024 season. Okay, that's fine. Um, makes a lot of sense. I want to ask you guys, though, before, you know, I, I kind of give my take here. Jack, no no captain for the Flyers for a second straight season. How do no you feel problem. about that? No problem. Don't yeah. give a shit. Okay. I mean, I want to. I do. But, like, part of me feels like the captain's not on the team yet anyway, the next captain. You know, I don't th- necessarily think you have to give it to Lawton because he's that style of player. I think there's a chance Lawton could be moved. I don't think there's – I'm not saying you have to. I just think if you get a really good offer, you'd be stupid not to take it. Like, I'm just – that's where I am with that. I don't plan on it, but I just – it doesn't mean what it used to mean, like in the 80s, in the early 90s. It's not the same. It's it, We've seen it when these young, like, generational players came up. Like, oh, he's – Crosby with the Penguins. He was like 30 in the league. It's just like captain. And you saw more teams do that. Who's our best player? Captain. It's not what it used to mean. When Davey Pullen's like your third line center and he's your captain, and you have a team that has Brian Prop and Tim Kerr and Mark Hal, like that tells you something. That's when it used to mean something. It just doesn't anymore. It still does, but it's just not like it did. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna this is not something to really look too much into, I don't think. I think it's Tortorella's team until some player tells him it's not. Oh, that was interesting last point you made right there. Uh, I kind of actually really like that. Trav, what do you think? Well, following Jack's point, I mean, you said Scott Lawton might not be here. You didn't hear he's going to Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I do agree it doesn't mean as much. I'm a big guy on the whole leadership group thing rather than just one captain. I'm a big believer in that. You look at all these teams who have won recently, there's like many different guys on each Stanley Cup team. You say, oh, he could be a captain. He could be a captain. So I think that is most important in all this. But – I personally want a captain here and I'd be very curious what someone like Scott Lawton thinks. Maybe he thinks it's a kick in the dick. Maybe he doesn't care. I'm not sure, but like him being the only guy wearing a letter on his Jersey this year, you'd think that he'd be the one in line for this. Now we haven't seen Cam Atkinson play all year. Who's towards his boy. Um, Sean Couturier hasn't played all year and that's, as far as fans go, a lot of people think he should be the captain. Um, some other names, Hayes, he's not going to be here. Provorov, he's not going to be here. So I'm not worried about them guys. Um, but as far as the last three I just mentioned, I'm curious their thought process on all of it. Um, Coots will be here as long as he's healthy. Law, it is a little interesting. You're going into a rebuild. You have an asset like Lawton who 31 other teams in the league would die for. You know, he's not a top six guy. In a perfect world, he's on your third line. Um, like, kind of like Jack said, 
a lot of teams just give it to their best player. That's not how I like it. Um, I think Lawton's the the perfect captain, but maybe just Torts doesn't think it's him. Um, and kind of following a previous comment we got from Ben, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit. We've we've heard um, Jonathan Taze's name for a million different reasons the last couple of months, oh. and if I don't like Jonathan Taze, all right, as a diehard Flyers fan, I saw this dude beat us in the cup. I hate the guy. Um, but you can't deny how good of a leader he is. If he wants to continue playing after this season, I think you have to look at a, at bringing a guy in like that. He's not going to score you 30 goals, 60 points like he used to back in his prime. So it's not like he's going to, he's not going to hurt you in the draft position. He's not going to help, or he's not going to hurt you or help you in that perspective. Um, but he is going to help you out in a locker room. And I don't know if he'd want to come here and play on a rebuilding team like Philly. I don't think he has that in his DNA, but money does talk. And if he does want to continue playing, um, I think we're going to have cap room next year. I don't uh, know. I, I, I think about it. I don't, I'm so I'm not, excuse me. This could be, it could be something if, especially if you know something, Trav. I don't. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I swear I remember – I swear I saw the other day that he's really debating. Here we go. This game's starting up. Uh-huh. He's de- I thought I saw he's debating retirement. I, yeah. I, I thought people are saying he could possibly – he played his last game already because he's on IR now. I w- That's I why I said if he that. wants to continue playing because there's been a lot of different things out there. He wants to stay in – Chicago we've heard that we've heard he may never play again I don't know but from a leadership perspective I'd love him in the locker room next year sure yeah why not I mean I don't think you can have too much leadership on a, a young team as long as you know this as long as they're a guy like lots like Taves you know good good leader good yep. head on their show like a Jason Smith type guy like uh-huh. the situation he was brought into like they weren't he wasn't brought in to help him win a cup. He was on a, you know, a, a bad team and he was a leadership type guy. They put the C right on him as soon as he came over. Uh, like, I, I think Taze is that kind of guy now, like on a cup contender. I was just going to say, speaking of captain, like, <laughs> exactly what they did with Jason Smith. It'd be hilarious if they did that with Taze. If God forbid they brought him in. Yeah. So here, here's my thing. I'm trying to, cause Torch seems like he's, he's a, he does everything with a reason. There's a purpose for everything. He's not just going to come out and say, yeah, I'm not naming a captain. There's a reason why he chose to say that now. And I also think there's a reason why he's not naming why there's not going to be a captain. Right. So obviously. My first thought would be, well, I'm going to keep the carrot dangling for for lots if he's here. And in the event that he's not here, you know, I never named him a captain. We don't have to go through all that, you know, but why not dangle to keep the uh, the carrot dangling? Because the Flyers aren't supposed to be good next year. If he really is, you know, the leader that we think he is, let's see him do it again. Um, now, the psychology of not naming a captain for on a young team. This team, in my opinion, under Claude Giroux, we've talked about this in the past. I think they depended on Claude Giroux way too much. Maybe not just because he was the captain, but because he was the best player. And instead of going out and, you know, making things happen themselves, I got the sense that they relied on him way too much. That, you know, when it was time to make a play, it wasn't Owen Tippett saying, yeah, I'm going to go make a play. It was, where's Claude Giroux? 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if there's a psychology behind it like, okay, we don't have a captain. It's up to us. There's nobody that, you know, that I can look to. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say here? Like, we're going to do this as a team, you know, and maybe somebody emerges from that pack like that. Um, I, 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 love I think that was the thought process this year. Like, I'm, sure. I'm wondering if Torch just thinks maybe lots didn't step up enough. Maybe no one else stepped up enough into that role. That's what I'm thinking. I wonder if he has enough. I don't know if cachet is the right word. But is he a type? Is he the type of guy that can command a room? You know, is 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 he someone that's uh, like a little torts? Do you know what I mean? Like a guy that can command a lot. Sure, everybody respects him, absolutely. You know, but is is he that guy? Like I, Sean Couturier, great player. I don't think he's he doesn't at least he doesn't show that kind of personality that uh, I would want in a captain. Like if they're on a losing streak. Hey guys, this effing stops here. I, I think he is. I've I've heard even when G was here that Lawton was like the most vocal guy in that locker room. Okay, well, that's when, good. Then. Once Simmer moved on, um, they kind of turned into Jakey and Lots as the vocal guys, and even Justin Braun. Get out, really? Mm -hmm. No, I heard that about Braun for sure. I heard a lot of players also like leaned on him a little bit. Huh? That's that's surprising because he comes across as a quiet guy. For me. Dude, he likes it here for some weird reason. I don't okay. get it. It's a masochist. <laughs> um, I, so I'm a huge, big Scotty Lawton fan. Uh, I've I've said it a couple times in the past that if I had a favorite player on this team, it would be Scotty Lawton. Especially, I mean, you saw him in the playoffs. Uh, the only time they've been in the playoffs the last few <laughs> years. Um, he really he steps up his game. He's a playoff type guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he he puts it all on the line, right? And I respect guys like that. Scored some big goals. Um, scored some big goals, yeah. And he's having a, a hell of a season. I know it's you know it's not the best year, but on a team that can't score goals, he's got a career high and I think goals and points. You know, it's I like what I've seen from Skylaw. And if he was named the captain, I wouldn't be upset. But I'm also okay with them not naming a captain. I'm I'm totally fine with it. You know, go go into next year, clean slate again, prove yourself again. Everybody on the team, prove yourself again. And then I think you guys already said it. This team's probably not going to be the same team that we see next year. There's going to be a lot well, of that, changes. That's another reason why I'm okay with it. I feel like this team is going through like a little bit of an evolution, and I feel like there's a lot of moving. There should be a lot of moving pieces, old and the new, older and the younger. Like I feel like now is not exactly the time. If if you don't like feel somebody is the surefire next captain, like so. I mean, I don't. It just didn't bother me. I'm like, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with things going next season, how they're going this season, where the team is right now. I, I just think it very should be lots, but kind of like Jack said, I'm just wondering if he's not here next year. They're they're going to embrace this rebuild. If you can get a first for lots, you have to weigh is, is the impact he makes on the younger guys in that room more important than a first-round pick? Yeah, and I think, I think they feel with Torts – they could pull that trigger if they had to, and they might feel like they need to with some of the assets that Fletcher burned. Yep. Sorry, guys. Just uh, typing <laughs> a question are you, here. Are you recording this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right. So let's move on to our next topic, shall we? Did you guys want to touch on anything else there? I wish Lawton was the captain, but didn't get my wish. It'll be interesting to see if he's here next year 
and he's here, you know, I guess after the trade deadline. I could I could see that. I've seen a lot of people say that the captain's not on the roster. I don't know. I, I kind of I'm not gonna lie. So so I here's a, I definitely agree with it, but I definitely saw it a lot too. So here's the thing. I think that he is on the roster. And I think and this this is just my hot take here. I think he needs to be on the roster because the players that are, you know, I'm thinking of guys like Joel Faraby, he he would be my choice for eventual captain here. And he's going to go through the shit. Like, he's going to go through the hard times. And when the good times come, he's going to be the guy that said, okay, I was here when the standard changed. I'm not going to I'm not gonna let that slip, you know. Um, but we'll see. He, he would be my choice, and he would be why I, I wouldn't name, uh, you know, Scotty Lawton or, or a captain next year. Because I want to see how Joel Farabee comes into next season. Is he ready to take this team over kind of thing? That's just... You know, my hot take that Joel Farabee could be the future captain of the Flyers. I don't know. That kind of made me think of something. I think it's fair to assume Atkinson and Coots will be here next year. Lots we don't know about. I think he'll be here, but we don't know. Assuming them three guys are here, I would like to see TK with a letter next year. I'd like <laughs> to see someone from that younger crowd get a letter. That young, I mean, he's not that young anymore, right? He's kind of in his prime now. Yeah. But, like, we saw for so many years, like, under Hextall, there was the older group, and then there was the younger group, and there wasn't much in between there. I think TK is, like, a perfect guy in the middle there. I'm not saying he's the captain, but usually, you, you know, you have a couple guys. Like, let's say there's no cap. Well, there's, obviously, there's not a captain next year. Two guys or three guys wear the A at home. The next set of guys wear it at home or on the road. Maybe Coots and Cam wears it at home. TK and Lots wears it on the road. That's what I'd like to see. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's something to watch. I know fans love it. I love it. Uh, I know we make a huge deal of it and because uh, it's fun. You know, being a, it's, I think Mikey, Mikey D said it best. It's uh, part of the romanticizing of the sport. You know, you like, you need to know who the captain's going to be. In our mind, that's the leader. That's the guy all the players go to, yada, yada. Uh, I'm going to ask this next question, then I'm going to hit the bathroom real quick, guys, before I pee my pants here. Uh, <laughs> a coffee so, getting to you or what? It coffee is. My ass. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is, any, is anybody still up there? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, most of the most yeah, of the bigger writers Bill, are over there. Jason. <laughs> yeah, they're all over there. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, I'll, I'll send this to Trav uh, real quick. Which players have the most approved uh, over the last – 10 games of the season and then uh, I'll hand it over to you guys I'll be right back so got 10 games to go and I kind of touched on this earlier in the episode I think the season's gone for the most part the way I expected it to outside of a couple players one of those players to me is Wade Allison I expected as long as he was healthy I expected a big year from him and I don't have the stats in front of me but it has not gone the way I had hoped that's a great one. When you think about that, like he was the Owen Tippett, obviously yes. not scoring as much, but like when you go into how the previous season ended, not last season, the year before, like it was like, wow, we have something with him. Look at this. He's Scotty Hartnell. He's Mike Richards. Yep. He's this, that, the other thing. And, you know, he goes through his injury season. You're like, all right, we just got to wait, you know? And then you have this season where he does manage to stay healthy. And when you're talking about like the best storylines of this season, he's not even in the top 10. Right. Like, 
And that I, he, I like you said, I thought he could be top five, top three. Like he, we really have something here. Uh, I'm not obviously going to pull the plug yet. There's no reason to, but right. this, there, this was a season of opportunity for sure. You've seen so many players in and out of this lineup, so many injuries, losing connecting for an extended period of time, not having a Toure, not having Cam Atkinson. Like if there was a time to shine and have a spot, it was this year. And he's just so far down that, that list. It's like, wow. Like, okay, I really, you were like a, the worst kept secret. I would thought. <laughs> right. have a, have a good season and just the definition of bland, you know? And, um, I'm glad we got those other guys, you know, that, yeah. that makes me feel better. But yeah, he, what an interesting in the bad way year for him. And like, what could the future hold there? I mean, obviously you're not at risk to, or the clock's not ticking where you have to do something immediately, but I'm really curious to see where he winds up now. Um, obviously if he comes out of his funk, we're in really good shape, but yeah, not, not at all. What I could probably be the perfect answer to Jim's question, to be honest with you. Like, I can't think of anybody else like, I thought would like, yo, they're definitely going to play well despite all of this BS with the team. So, um, yeah, no, that's it. Eight eight goals in 50 games. I mean, I think we all thought at least 15 in that situation. We're talking about uh, Wade Allison. Wade Allison was my pick. And it's it's great because I thought he would flirt even potentially with 20, maybe even find himself on the like power play too, like more often than not. but you started, you started the year on the third line, and Torts was not happy with his play at the beginning of the year. Got moved down to the fourth line. He wasn't playing very many minutes. Torts kept saying, hey, he's going east and west. We got to get him going north-south, which I completely agree. I mean, I want that guy flying through the neutral zone, banging bodies, going hard to the net. Like you said, Scotty Hartnell. I mean, he's a faster Scotty Hartnell by the way he plays. And why did like, he do we, all thought, we all thought his like biggest knack was the injury, and he has had yeah. – two or three different injuries this year. They were minor. Um, he's played 50 games this year. I, that's nothing to cry home about, but like, I, I just expected a lot more production and there's a lot of games where he's just not noticeable where a guy like that, you should notice him every single game, even if he's not on the score sheet. So Wade Allison is the easy pick for me. He is an example of like one player example as why when the flyer the flyers go on this little run at the end of the season, why like I hold my expectations. Like I'm not like, okay, we're ready. Like like a player like that, kind of like I gotta see, I need I'm, oh, whenever we talk about players, I'm the one always looking for a bigger sample size, no matter what. I always need a bigger sample size. And Allison's one that even had me fooled a little bit. And to see how he performed this year, and even when he's not putting points on the score sheet, he's a guy you thought would be wrecking havoc. Mm-hmm. And to a player you think Torts would love and appreciate, and maybe need a little guidance, but you know, stay. I thought more so for staying healthy, you know, for not like you know hurting yourself. And we didn't get that this year. Uh, maybe occasionally, but not what I expected. Not what we yeah. thought we were led to believe a couple seasons ago. Um, yeah, I was, that, that was definitely shocking that's a, a good one because i'm really not sure that he would have come to mind right away and probably because a lot of times you forget that he's on the team yeah exactly and uh i thought it was interesting i think it was maybe a week or two ago tortorella actually sounds frustrated with him he's always yeah. hurt you know he's he's always hurt it's hard to judge he's always hurt and, uh, you know, we've said it on past shows, the best ability is availability. And if you're hurt, if you can't play in games, 
you're getting pissed. I mean, that's just the reality of the business in the NHL, you know, and it's, it's so unfortunate because he's a, a good, a good kid, um, good player, mm-hmm. 13 points, 51 games. You know, I know his contract is nothing to, um, it's nothing crazy, but I think I expected more than eight goals from Wade Allison between 50. I would say like 13 to 17 would, would have been a nice season for him. If he hit 20, amazing. I think though, I thought he'd be getting more minutes at this point. Like he, he, he just, he's not playing much and it's because no. he's not playing well Torts isn't, he hasn't earned the minutes from Torts. And he looks, like, looks all over the place though. I thought he'd have no problem earning those minutes. Like yep. I, I thought he'd be, I never thought he'd be in the doghouse. Yeah. It, it, it's a shame because uh, I, I, we all like the guy, you know, he's, he's kind of a, I Philly, love him. I think he's kind awesome. of a Philly guy, right? Yeah. He, but, and uh, he's dealt with it. Like, his injuries go back way before his NHL career. Like he, yeah. he was out for a while. Uh, the fact that he made it here at all was like kind of a, a long shot in itself, which made me an instant like fan. Like, and then you saw how he played. And it's like, damn, he'll give you his blood, sweat, and tears. Like, that's great. And this, this season has been like, I, I don't even know what to think of it. Like, it's very odd. Hopefully, it's just like one of those, we'll look back as one of those random off years and part of growing or something like that. And like when when you look at the organizational depth chart right now without any moves, on the right side you got TK, you got Tippett, you got Atkinson, you got Forster, you got Wade. Like where where, where does he where does he fit? And those other guys, well, I think, all have something that Allison doesn't necessarily like. They're all known for something, you know. Like what's Allison known for? He's kind of known for being hurt. You know, a bull in a china shop. Like, he's good around the net. He's throws his body around, but you always have to worry. Yeah. Is he going to get hurt? Like, there was a play tonight where I'm like, okay, a body, uh, he checked somebody into the boards, and I, I swear I thought he was hurt. I'm like, dude, he can't do he can't do a, a routine hockey play, and we got to worry if he's getting hurt, which, you know, I feel bad because it sounds like I'm getting frustrated over this, but, uh, you know, it's kind of just – it's it's like if you're the GM, it's you need to perform or you're out. And if you're a player, you need to perform or unfortunately you're out. You know you can't like, hang on to guys because you like them. Let let's say he stays healthy next year, plays 82 games and scores 25 goals. Well, how do you ever trust the guy in giving him a, a like a serious contract? That's tough. Well, you know what scares me about him? I think about it when you mentioned earlier that he's like not noticeable. And then Jim brings back up his injuries, like we discussed. Is that why he's not as noticeable? Like that's like if I mean, if he can't stay on the ice, you yeah. know, like it's got to be. It's the only thing I can think of, and maybe hopefully he finds some more because obviously, if it's overcorrection, you know, you're you could be odd man out based on your right wing depth. Um, you know, maybe next season, hopefully we see him correct it to like, okay, I got to balance this more than I did. And maybe we get the player or something other that we thought we had. He did well, take out a ref tonight. <laughs> Who else did we name? Was there anybody else? No, nah, I just said Wade. No, I think he dropped the mic with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think uh, Felix Sandstrom has anything to prove, or is he definitely on his way out? You think? Um, I can't wait to see him in the ECHL. <laughs> I mean, I I think a lot of it comes down to his as Carter Hart here, because I mean we we've heard you know Elliot 
and Jeff Merrick said he's available. And if that's the truth and he's moved, which I, I personally don't think he's getting moved. I think he will be here next year unless they get a crazy offer. I think he's here next year. But the two top insiders said he's available. If they do knock the Flyers' socks off with a trade, Arison's probably your starter. You're a rebuilding team. It makes sense to go with a younger backup in a sense, even though you kind of want a veteran from Arison to learn from. So, I don't know. You know, I got to say, Travis, when you brought up the five right wings and you said Travis Konechny, I bit my tongue on those trade rumors. But then Carter Hart comes around and you're like, yo, this guy's – this guy could be out of here. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you go after, I stay away from your favorite player, but you go after mine. <laughs> no, I, I, about that. All right. I do ahead. think Carter Hart's here next year, but like you just listen yeah, to what the insiders are saying. Like they definitely did. I'm just busting your chops. They yeah. definitely just dropped his name. And uh, I got asked about it a lot from people I know, like, Oh, is this serious? Like, you know, is this is a joke. Right. And I'm just like, well, we're at that point where, Anybody should – I agree that anybody should be available. If you – as you said, if somebody knocks their socks off, as, as much as I've not seen enough of Arison, I, I, I just – you have to take it. If it's that good, they're in a position where you have to take it. We don't know if Hart still wants to be here. We don't know what's going on with those allegations for that whole thing. Like that got brought back up again. Like, yeah, there was no resolution to that. you know. And, and if you just might – he might – it might not fit the – I can't believe I'm going to say this. If you don't feel he fits the timeline – Don't say timeline, Jack, <laughs> please. Which I think is ridiculous, but that is out there. You know, then if you get your – if you get that good of a deal, like maybe you do pull the trigger. I, I, I won't use the word timeline, but I'll say Danny Briere, what, how long does he think this rebuild is going to take? How old will Carter Hart be and what kind of extension does Carter Hart want? Yes, and so, it might come down to money – Dollars and cents because some of those other contracts were tied to. That's why I think this offseason is, is pretty big. You know, like we, we want to see what they can do. And I really hope you don't have to make the decision to move on from players of this nature because finding really good goalies is very hard for this team. Um, I got but, a couple of things here for you guys. Go ahead. So this was interesting because I think uh, Friedman actually brought this up on the Nasty Knuckles, Trav. The other, I think it was last week. I was, I think I was watching. I can't remember what game. I think I was watching an Oilers game, and I'm like, you know what? Is that there? You know how the Flyers never really had a goalie, and they were always pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and, until you know, it came time for the playoffs, and they would run into these hot goalies. But I was like, I was listening to the show, and he actually said it. Goalie is a position where you know, one is there's not that much discrepancy between one and you know, 30 or 31, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? And when he said that, I was like, Oh, if Danny Briere thinks this way and he takes that into consideration, knowing that he's going to have to to re-sign Carter Hart after next year, Carter Hart very well could be moved between now and the trade deadline next season. And I, I always kind of laughed at this stuff. I thought it was speculation. Carter Hart is, He's like he looks like the the poster boy of good kid. You need this kid on your team. He sounds like a leader in some of his press conferences. I I just couldn't fathom that for so long we needed a, a to draft our own goalie 
and have our own franchise goaltender. We seemingly get that. And now there's talk of trading him. After listening to your show, I was like, holy crap. There is a possibility that Carter Hart could be moved. And I think it's more so money related. He's what's he going to want? You know, I think they won't. I think they could get probably the most value for him this summer, especially if a team like, I don't know, Edmonton falters in the play. I don't know how long they signed Campbell for, but I'm looking at a team like Ottawa as well, who I think they're trying to sign Talbot, but he doesn't want to sign there. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, maybe they trade for Carter Hart because I think they're done with draft picks. I'm just throwing this out there. I think they're ready to start getting going there. Yeah. Um, I never really thought it was an actual possibility. I thought it was BS, like you were saying. But after listening, I'm like, I think Carter Hart, uh, if, if it was a 50-50 chance, I think I'm more 70, 75% chance that they're going to try to move him. Oh, just try. Still. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I disagree. I think he's here. I hope. Um, tough. But you got to really win that trade. When you talk about your perception, what the, the organization's perception is going to be now that we're changing regimes, regimes, you cannot trade a player like that and absolutely win the shit out of that trade. I mean, just for perception alone. Yeah, for no doubt. So you think he's going to be here, Trev? Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be shocked. I, I think he wants to be here. Um, and I, I don't know. That's just, that's what I think. And I'll say this when you, you mentioned the nasty knuckles interview, it sounded like a lot of the Carter Hart things he was talking about was just kind of like, I think this, I think that where, when he talked about pro or Hayes or any of them guys, it was like, I heard this, I heard that. A lot of the Carter Hart talk seemed more like just things he was thinking of in his head that made sense. Opinion. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope so. Because I, I don't know what Carter Hart's next contract looks like. Uh, he's making like three something now. I don't I don't know that he's shown that he deserves that $8 million contract yet. Because right. I think a lot of people are afraid of that. Now he's got next year to prove it. And, and I guess... Here's where it gets a little fuzzy because if he does prove that next year that he is worth $8 million, you're heading into the summer or, you know, towards the trade deadline with your hands kind of tied again. Teams know that you're not going to want to spend $8 million on them or whatever it is, and you're not going to get the offer that you're going to get during this offseason. And you definitely don't want to go into, you know, free agency with your hands tied. Right, because now you have to sign him, or you trade his contract, or something. If they're going to get maximum value for Carter Hart, I think it's going to be this off season. If they do decide to trade him, you know, it's kind of like I, I don't think you want to kind of play the waiting game with that. You know, well, I, they I they did is. that. Uh, it was an article on ESPN a couple weeks ago, where I think it was Greg Wyshynski interviewed anonymously other NHL GMs and they ranked the goalies in the league and Hart was in the top 10. So the league thinks highly of him. It's not just us in flyers land. And that's good to know because his, his regular save percentage and goals against aren't great. His underlying analytics are great, but it's like, okay, we in Philadelphia, we watch him play. We see a really good goalie. 
it's nice to know that the rest of the league does think that. Oh, and yeah. they're not just sure. going off his save percentage and goals against. For sure. It's funny because I remember a Twitter argument saying how much heart sucked. <laughs> Pretty recent. Yeah, I just that's a lot of people that just don't know. It hockey, is though. It's like we can't even, we can't so even enjoy what we have. You know, it kills me sometimes. It's like I I don't I don't think they watch hockey around the league. Like other great goalies let in goals. It it happens. Right, you exactly. just don't watch other teams exactly. around the league. Whenever I introduce you, a new person to hockey, like I had a friend who lived in South Africa come here. The first player he ever hated was Steve Mason. I'm like, dude, uh, Steve Mason has been one of the better goalies to come to Philly in quite a while. And he's like, no, he sucks. I'm like, dude, you can't win every game with a shutout. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's very especially easy. Especially when you got Delzato and Luke Shan and Carlo Koliakovo playing in front of you. I'm just, a couple yeah, of Italians, a couple of Paisans right there. <laughs> <laughs> no offense taken. Oh, God. Yeah, I was calling you out. We didn't have enough espresso, Jim. The left and high and dry. Uh, yeah, he and he just like I'm like I I kind of got it, but I knew he was wrong. <laughs> you know, like, I loved Mace. I, I that's what I'm saying. Like he, I'm telling you, I'm like we have not had a goalie this good since probably like Hextall's first run with the Flyers. Like they, they you don't understand. And he's like, no, he sucks. Like he let in a goal. I'm like, it was a three on. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they just whatever whatever you do, you know, and that's 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 why people are so quick to hate on a team that has literally been historically bad in stats in record like they've broken nhl records with how bad their pk has been and we're going to judge hard like it's just it's so stupid to me it just blows my mind it'll always happen we, you know, I, I had a buddy it was i think we played tampa and kucherov scored a breakaway goal on heart five hole and my buddy said oh carter Hart sucks you could have <laughs> said that about you know if you want to be a casual you could have said that about the the goal that he let in when he fell behind the net yeah, you're gonna wait till he fucking lets in a breakaway against Nikita Kucherov to say yeah. that. Yep, it's, yeah, a, it's I, people that don't know the game. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. That's all it is. And um, I forget the original point now. <laughs> I think I'm angry about it. Oh, yes. If his and look, we're talking about how his his value can never be higher. All that, and we're talking about how his value can never be higher, and how the league views him as a top ten goalie for the most part. Um, I'm like, but I'm at the point where like, this team is in such a crisis mode that all all cards on all cards are out, all cards on deck. Like you got to, you have to be in that position that anybody can go. And if the trade is that good, and I I prefer they not because it's goalie and it's a lot harder to find. Mm-hmm. But if it's that good, you can take a, a rebuild that could take four, five, God forbid, even six years, and turn it into more like a two, three, four. Uh, depending on what else you do, uh, it would definitely enhance things as you get a lot more talent in here a lot faster, a lot very good lottery tickets. I'm sure it'd be a combination of both, uh, which would be something you got to consider with where you're at and where your team's at and how you view how you're going to build this thing. Guys, we have a comment here from Tuddy T. Tuddy. And I guess this is his direct response to what I said goalies don't get $8 million. Do you think number yeah. seven gets back? Number one, is he in the top ten? Do goalies really not get eight million? Why? I'd, why I'd have to mind? look. How much does Sergey Bobrovsky get a year? <laughs> Too much. Yeah, ten million, right? Yeah. No, I'm thinking Shosturkin. I think is up there. Carey Price was up there. Flurry, I think at one point was up there. Carey makes ten on the dot. I know that. I don't think Igor got his big deal yet. But how many? How many free agent like 
right. stud goalies are there. Like they, they never hit free agency. Well, the, the thing is with Hart's contract is so he has one year left after this. He'll be 26. He's still an RFA, so we still have his rights. Thank God. But that's only for one year. So he's not going to take like a, a three year right. deal. Like yeah. you're going to have to pay out. him and eat up them UFA years. Right. This or is he it. could, he could say, trade me. Or, I mean, I, I don't think he would take a one year deal and then just walk to UFA. But if that were the case, someone would pay him a boatload. That that's that's where my fear comes because his next contract is going to be his massive contract. Yes, that, that's going to be the deal his, he cashes in his big deal. Yeah, because you I mean you get that one big one, and then you maybe get one more. Obviously, it's not going to be as great, but this is his big one, you know. And he's going to be asking for the right. I mean, good for good for the player for you know wanting to get paid. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, so we are a little bit over an hour here. We have two more topics to get to, guys. And since we're, you know, talking players, uh, this is a big off season. It's going to be Danny Briere's first off season as general manager. I'm going to stop saying interim because I'm convinced that he's just yeah, the guy. So, uh, Jack, I think you posed the question before the show. What do you hope or what do you think should be Danny Briere's first move? this off season. I um, don't know that it'll happen. I don't know that it has to be first, but one, well, I'll just say that one of these contracts have to go, particularly, I think Hayes is probably the one that you can attempt to move. I think you have to move. You have to back up what you were saying. And a lot of that could happen at the draft, but if he moves on from some of these contracts and I'm not talking about buyouts, I'm not talking about giving up first round picks to do it. Like I'm talking about just moving on from the old creating space and, you know, bringing in young, more younger talent, you know, in a, I think it starts with bringing up your salary cap and uh, your future and not doing it in an idiotic way. So I think moving on from a, a player, probably Hayes and that contract is definitely something he, uh, at least one of them got to go this off season. Yeah, I, I would agree. I hope that it's, Hayes, um, Trev, your first I'm, move. I'm praying it's Ivan Provorov. I am so tired of watching him play for the Flyers, man. He's and I'll say this. If he goes to a team like L.A., like Pittsburgh, and he goes and plays with Dowdy or Latang, there's no doubt in my mind he becomes the player he was three years ago yep. in 1920 or 1718 when he played with a good ghost, when he played with Matty Niskanen. I think he's going to get back to that level if he does play with an, a legit number one, but it's not happening here. The team wants to move on. He wants to move on. I want to move on. I don't want to see him in a Flyers jersey anymore. I I don't want to move on from Ivan. He's been wow. absolutely horrendous. <laughs> For a Some, couple years now. Especially during this point streak. He, he, he makes at least two brutal turnovers a game. And I guess luckily they haven't come back, or depending on how you look at the recent streak, luckily they haven't come back to bite him. But he's made some brutal, brutal, like mental mistakes on some of these plays. It's like, I think he's checked out. Yeah, honestly. I was about to. He's so checked out. You can tell while watching him. It's uh, it's a shame, but uh, I agree. And I, I think we saw the kind of partner he needs. You know, he, he had a veteran guy, Niskanen, that, you know, that, can, that he could play with. And here's my thing. Sorry about that, the horn. That should be the last one. Um, 
Who won? It says zeros. I haven't seen oh, one side get a shot on goal this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been not great. But uh, so Ivan Provorov. He maybe he's just not a one A. You know, maybe he's a one B. I don't Dude. think it. I don't see it as a negative that he needs a one A. It's perfectly fine. You know, I, I completely agree with that. But like, I all, I completely agree with you. But he was the one A. Like it, Niskanen wasn't the one A in nineteen twenty. Gostaspier wasn't the one A in seventeen eighteen. Like it was Provy as the number one, not even a one A. Like he was the number one. Mm-hmm. He is definitely partner dependent, even though I think his partner Cam York has outplayed him mightily this season. Maybe he's just hungry. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're right. He's just done here. He needs to go somewhere else. I agree with both of you and maybe in different ways, but like part of me is like, yo, just screw this guy. Get him the hell out of here. I just, I've had enough of the saga. Get what you can move on. The other side of me feels like because I liked him so much, I never like leaped out of my seat for a flyers draft pick before, but that was it. That was the turn that was made me a believer in Hextall. Like really cemented that perfect pick, perfect time. Didn't have to trade up. Devils took Zaka. We got this. Yeah. And, and like he's such a, he'll be such a bust if we move on from him. I'm almost stubbornly like, no, you're you're stuck here like I am. And we're gonna make this work. We're gonna figure out a way. We're gonna make this work because I can't handle this shit. So that's why I'm like, I totally agree with both points. At the end of the day, I lean towards him somehow figuring it out with the turn of the team, but I also don't think that's realistic. All right, so here's a question. If you had to pick one, Jack will go with you first. Would you trade Kevin Hayes or Ivan Provorov, and why? I, I would say I'd trade Hayes, and um, it's more so money-related. I think he's also been checked out lately. I think that the team wants to completely move on from him and his all everything he brings with him, his pals, his general overall personality, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I just don't think it's in, it's going to mesh with Tortorella. Um, and but it's mainly money. It's mainly money. Okay. Overall, you have so many bad contracts. You have to get rid of the ones you can't do anything with. You can't do anything with Kevin Hayes. So if you can get move on from it, you move on. Proveroff, if you can turn him into an asset again, that money becomes good money. And that's a way to get out another way to get out of a bad contract contract situation. The only upside is if you get something legitimately back for him. But again, that's gonna be have to it's like Ricardo Hart. You're gonna have to trade, make a hell of a trade. How about that name right there from Blasted in the Past, Rob Zett? Uh, I still remember his debut against Toronto with his whole family there. It did not go good. <laughs> you know, this Zep, a, I thought Zepp did good in his debut. No, dude, he got scored. I think they scored three goals in the first period on him. Like, he got lit up. Well, uh, you know, wait, maybe it wasn't his debut. Is he from Toronto? And is, is he, either way, he had his know. whole he had his whole family there. I don't remember. He had his whole family there, and he got destroyed. Like, he got – I think he might have gotten pulled. I think he won his debut. Then maybe it wasn't his debut, but there was a reason his family was there. I'm going to look it up because I remember I remember being feeling really bad for him. This would, this would be a fun segment if, uh, you know, the viewers just want to pop on and name a random goalie. Rob <laughs> Zepp, like, oh, my God. We're, uh, we're interviewing Michael Layton next week. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, that should be good, huh? <laughs> First question, why'd you let that goal in? <laughs> you know he's dreading that one. You know he's like, please don't ask I know. me. Please yeah, don't exactly. Ask me How do you even ask him? So, Patrick Kane. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be interesting. I'll, I'll answer your question. One. I'm going Provorov just because I think he still has value in the league. Yeah. That like I I think you should be able to get a first for Provorov just because I know he's been bad the last couple of years, but I I think that teams realize that kind of like what I said. If he goes and he plays with a Drew Doughty or Chris Letang, like this guy's going to get back to the player he was a couple of years ago. I don't think you'll have to eat money like you do with Hayes. Um, I'm not sure how many years left he has. Maybe two. After I think it this? is two. Yeah, I think it is two. So there's that. I also would like to see Cam York play on his left side. I think Cam York's played really well. I think he's played really well this season. But one thing I notice is that sometimes, um, so like he plays the right side with Provy most of the time, and. <clears throat> He'll be starting to break out from behind his net, and he's the right defenseman. Provorov's already in the corner on his left side. So York is forced to go to his right side, and he hasn't really learned how to do that well yet like Ghost could. And a lot of times the forechecker comes at him hard, and he just ends up having to backhand it off the glass, and then it, you know, the team's coming right back at us. Where if your left shot on his left side, he won't have that problem. He'll be making breakout passes on his forehand. So I, I would like to see um, York on his left side. Um, you kind of mentioned the Nasty Knuckles episode. Elliot thinks Sandheim will be here next year. And I think that's smart in the sense of you don't want to trade a guy when his value is at his lowest. Um, and also, I mean, we kind of talked about it recently. Sandheim's good year, bad year, good year, bad year. So he's due for a good year next, next year. Next year's so, the good year. Yeah, tra trade him when he has his good year. Yeah. So I'm going Provy. I mean, those are the two guys, right? Like those are the two guys that we're all assuming that are, are going to be gone. I think we're assuming that they're going to try to move both. Um, say, that, that's why I said I think they'll have cap next year. I think both are gone. Yeah, I mean, if they're serious about what they're saying and doing anything differently, they have been the last couple of years, multiple players will be moved. Not just one, and, hey, we did our job. Yeah. Like, multiple players need to be moved. And I just wanted to add real quick, I found his first game, he started started the game for Toronto and gave up two goals in eight shots, of ten shots, played 25 and a half minutes before he was pulled. Huh. Oh, wow. Sorry. I just remember yeah, being bad. On that. There you go. Robbie Zepp, Jacob Day. Still with the for, fans, though. That's for some reason, I remember, wasn't he like the oldest goalie to win his debut? So like, he was what, definitely I, older. I remember that. Like, oh, it was a big sorry. deal when he finally came up. Maybe sorry, it was just oldest goalie to win is no you might you might be right i read the list backwards that was his last game <laughs> <laughs> so i that was february 26th december 21st he at winnipeg yes he, he won he, that he game won, he won he gave up three goals but he won the game he won the next game too wow um i'm reading the last game i must he must have got brought back up or something because he lost the night before what year is this 14 15 14, oh, 15. Because Ma Mason Emery just kept getting so hurt. One was hurt. Like, all I that. There's more of a connection with him in Toronto. or His family might just be, just been there. He's from Europe. That was my mistake. He's from Europe. So I wonder if they came over for that game and it just was real bad. For him. Hmm. 
It's good stuff. Yeah, random goalies. Feel free to shout out a random goalie every every episode. We'll make that a thing. That's fun. <laughs> uh, boys, we're uh, an hour and sixteen into this. Uh, they're actually they're still playing hockey here at the uh, at the Farg. Do we want to get into one more topic, or should we wrap of it up course. and save it for next week? All right, let's do it. All right. So earlier this week, Tyson Forrester and Igor Zamula were sent down to Lehigh Valley for their playoff push. A lot of fans, including me, thought this was going to be the end of the Flyers' point streak. Nope. Uh, but I want to talk about Tyson Forrester, right? I mean, I was pretty excited when they drafted this kid. Uh, what was it 2019 or 2020? 20. 2020. I think it took him 17th overall. We heard big shot. I hear big shot, big frame. I'm like, yeah, I need him. Sign me up. Jeff Carter? Uh, yeah. So they went and drafted him. Uh, and he ran, in, ran into some injury trouble. Uh but you know he's having it. He had a nice year this year. I think he's got thirty-nine or forty points in fifty-some odd games with the Phantoms. Came up with the Flyers and absolutely lit it up. I mean, he took advantage of his time here with the with the Philadelphia Flyers so much so that John Tortorella is, I think, strongly. I, I don't want to say he's considering him, but he's kind of put himself on the map. John Tortorella knows his name kind of thing do you know what i mean and trav talk about what you saw from tyson forrester during his i think it was an eight game stretch i think he had seven yeah, points seven in eight points games. in eight games mm-hmm. the shots is advertised um we talked about this a little bit last week i was so my i've kind of had a roller coaster with this kid because i remember defending him on draft night everyone's freaking out because the scout said he couldn't skate and i'm like dude None of you people on Twitter crying about this have ever seen him play. Yeah. Let him develop before we freak out. But then I saw him play a little bit, and I really wasn't excited. And I even saw him up front a little bit at the skate zone, and I really wasn't excited. The shot has always been there. I've I've seen the guy skate. I just I didn't like it. But for whatever reason, this little call-up, he's looked awesome. The skating hasn't looked like an issue at all. Um Last week, I said I'd like to see him put on a little bit more muscle because he was kind of losing some board battles. I Maybe that was just a little rough stretch, or maybe I was just straight up wrong because since then, the couple of games he did play, I saw him make really good defensive plays. I didn't know he had that in his game. So I've been really impressed, and kind of your point, he put himself on the map. He definitely has done that, and I think if he has a good camp – he makes the roster. I'm not going to pencil him in. We saw what happened to Cam York. He had a terrible camp, um, and he didn't make the team. He had to go back to Lehigh for a little bit. If Tyson Forster has a good camp, I think he makes the team next year. He's He did that good in his showcase. I'll be kind of disappointed if he doesn't at this point. He, uh, I think Briere gave him a ringing endorsement. You really couldn't have done much more to impress while you were here. And that's exactly what you want to hear from that. And uh, yeah, Jim, actually 23rd, even later. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Jim, Jim, Jim <laughs> Trying to sneak him up there a little bit. Jim was a big fan of Forrester going into the draft. Give him credit where credit is due. I liked, okay. I think Noel Gungler was my guy. and He didn't even go to the second round. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to see, you know, the early, early results, I guess you could say, while he still develops and, um, it's really nice to see a guy that you think is one dimensional show that he's potentially not. Maybe he just didn't put an emphasis of that part of his game until it was time to make the NHL. Um, that's how really good players can kind of pop out of nowhere. 
And if he can just continue to go in this direction, um, that'll that'll definitely help your timeline, quote unquote, with uh, the rebuild. Having players be this good like this, or potentially this good, will definitely fill a, a huge hole for you and your team, and can allow you to do different things. So it's definitely something to watch. Uh, yeah, don't be too don't be too hard on the the Flyers. Uh, uh, prospect people and skating. This team has gone through a lot of prospect <laughs> skaters. Even the word hate has been used. Yeah. Uh, I think of Matthew Strome. But yeah, I understand mm-hmm. your point. I've seen him skate and it's not something that sticks out to me at all. Like, I would even not like, oh, that's definitely needs to work on that. Like, he's just, I, he's I, just a good young player. I think that's the biggest thing, though, is that in his call up, and you know what? It could be adrenaline, it could be as simple as that. But he didn't look out of place. Like the skating didn't seem to be an issue. Maybe it was adrenaline, or maybe they've been working this guy's butt off with the Phantoms and Lappy and Jason Smith and all them. Turn him into a decent skater at, at worst. I, I think he can skate now. I mean, I have, I have videos on my phone. The guy couldn't skate, and that was very obvious. Doesn't seem like it's the case anymore. And a little bit funny about the draft. Jim said he went 17th. The guy that actually went 17th was Reichel to the Blackhawks. That's actually the guy I did want in the mm. draft. We didn't get him. We didn't have the chance to get him, but kind of funny. Well, he's play, he's playing well there, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for Forrester. I mean, watching him play live, I was kind of expecting him to be a little just slower. But mm-hmm. he he's a player, guys. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do him a disservice and sit here and say Tyson Forrester is legit. He's going to be a top six player on the Flyers sooner rather than later because I think. In my mind, I'm like, okay, the realistic way that they're going to go about this is he's going to have to make the team. He's going to start out on the third line. Maybe he gets some second line, you know, power play time. I, I'll say this right now. If he starts camp like he finished this stint with the Flyers, plug him in to a top six role. He would have earned it. Put him on the top power play. Let's see what he can do over 82 games. Give him the responsibility. I think he's ready for it. I really do. Um, he's hungry, and that's going to be something that's going to be fun to watch while the Flyers go through this, you know, rebuild type thing. Is who's hungry, right? When you have a team full of young guys, it that's it's it's good to have a a, a young team, but you need to be hungry and young. You know, if you're complacent and you're just okay with being in the NHL and young, I think things can go backwards real quick. They need hungry young players, players that want to make a name for themselves. It's not okay just to be in the NHL. They want to win games. Tyson Forrester strikes me as that kind of player. He wants to win. He wants to score. And uh, I, I can't remember the last time I was genuinely excited for, for a prospect. Uh, like, like, Jack, you're like between us. You're the prospect guy. You, you know more about these guys. You get more excited uh, for these guys. I'm kind of just like, yeah, yeah, you know, cool. Like, let's see what the, you know, what happens. I'm genuinely excited for Tyson Forster. Like, yeah. I, I guess, I guess I'll compare it to like how people got over Morgan Frost or, you know, like guys like that. Like Morgan Frost had a lot of hype. I'll sit here right now and say I will hype the shit out of Tyson Forster. Like he, I think he's going to be a really good player for the Flyers. I'm excited. I think one thing that I definitely like about him that's different in Flyers prospects, and we're seeing more of that now, is we just for so long, and I like these players, but you can't have a whole team of them. Yeah. These two-way forwards, these hard-nosed guys, 
you know, sometimes bigger body. Like it's nice to have a nice finesse goal scorer. Like it's a guy who can score pretty goals. The one pure shooter, yeah. The other sniper, like the other night with his little toe drag and kind of came out of nowhere. I think it even surprised the announcer. A guy lost his collective <laughs> Um, like, you know, like that, that it's nice to have a prospect like that. That's, that's different. That's really cool. That's what I like to see. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious. We'll probably get into this in future episodes as the draft and free agency goes by and we'll start talking about lines and stuff. If Travis Konechny comes back this year, I pray they give him a shot at left wing just because I talked about it a little bit early, that, that right wing group is crowded. Yeah. And I don't know where everybody fits. Now, maybe connecting not even here next year. Let's be honest with ourselves. There's there a chance. Thanks. We're, in, <laughs> we're in a rebuild. Um, everything's on the table. But, like, you, you have TK, Tippett, Cam as NHLers next year. You don't want them on your fourth line. Someone's going to have to get moved or shift to left wing. TK's the veteran of the guy. He did play a little bit of left wing in his rookie season. Um, I don't know. It's something I'd like to see. I would too, because I, I would like to keep connecting and I would like to fit in, you know, more of these guys. I don't want to see Tyson Forrester playing on the fourth line. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's ready, given the responsibility uh, and let's go. I'll be uh, honest. I would. I, <laughs> this just popped into my head. I don't uh, think this happens. I would love for them to trade Cam Atkinson in the off season. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, shit, yeah. Why not? Even yeah. if it's just for like you know fifth, sixth, whatever. Just get the cap off the books. If he can prove that he's healthy, uh, prove that he's healthy. Maybe they maybe they do end up getting something, but you know that remains to be seen. I think the yeah. long shot for me, the absolute long shot's Sanheim. Sandheim? Yeah, that would be – it's just such a long commitment. I can't see a team, after the way he's played, being like, yeah, I'll give you something for eight years of that. Like, yeah. You can't see that happening. Sign me up for eight so, years of Travis yeah. Sandheim, yeah. Even, even – yeah. It's not, see, like, I think if he has a good year next year, it's possible. Even then, though, I'm like, that's only one year. Like, am I going to am I gonna have a guy who's good, bad, good, bad, good, bad for – Right, exactly. Years? Like, he yeah. was – you should have years. I could definitely see him being moved, even if it was like four or five, but eight years like Jesus. So I'll say this Jim mentioned Ottawa earlier, and Elliot told us that the Flyers were scouting Ottawa's farm team and that Ottawa was looking at a Flyers defenseman before they got Chickrith. Hmm. He didn't mention the name, he didn't know, but I thought that was interesting. and. Around the deadline, me and Jim kind of heard that both Ottawa and Tampa checked in on Risto. I think that Risto lining contract's tradable. And I'm not a – I hate Risto, to be completely honest with you. Um, but he, he had that nice stretch in the season where he was playing on the third pair. He was playing with Sealer. He played really well in that time frame. So we saw, okay, there is a path for Risto lining to be successful – now it's on the third pair and you're making five million, but you know, he's the big body. He can skate for whatever reason. Other NHL GMs love that. And it sounds like there was actually a little bit of interest that kicked up at the deadline. Now Chuck isn't good at his job. He couldn't get anything done, but I, I think that's something to look for in the off season. Oh, that'd be great. Do it. Let's take it. It does sound weird to say that there could be teams sort of circling around 
Flyers defenseman, you know, oh, like Risto. Give away for nothing. <laughs> yeah, Risto, Sanheim, Provorov, even D'Angelo. I mean, that's yeah, that's definitely. four guys right there, all all your top yeah. paid guys. So funny thing I heard about that. So a couple months ago, I reported on the show Carolina was interested in Tony. Um, as we know, they ended up going with Ghost. So I heard that this really has nothing to do with anything, but it just popped into my head. I heard that. Roddy loves Brent Burns, but a lot of the players aren't so high on him hmm. just because when he's on the ice, they give up so many shorthand odd man rushes the other way on the power play that a lot of the players on that team said, we need to go get a real power play quarterback. They went and got Ghost, who was on the second pair. Saw Ghost was on the first power play unit tonight. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is. Damn. It's really interesting. And Ghost is only signed to the end of this year, so – you know, maybe he goes somewhere else and Tony D'Angelo becomes an option again. That'll be something maybe, to watch maybe for. Maybe Danny Briere brings him back. They used no, to live next God. to each other. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting offseason for sure. Uh, we got a couple more games left to finish out this year. Uh, I believe, yeah, the home stretch is done. Flyers finish. What is it? Six, five, one and one. They finish seven game trips. That's five, one and one, seven games. So, hey, it's, you know, good for them. I hope the guys are feeling good doesn't help the draft prospects very much. Um, but, yeah, what do you think, guys? Should we wrap up this episode? We're about 90 minutes in. I think so. All right. Uh, so if no further ado, if you're still watching live, listening live, which it looks like a, a couple of you are, so thank you, guys. Head over to HW, hwhockey.net. Check out our most recent content. We have a couple new articles up. Make sure you give those guys some love over there. Uh, new podcast. Uh Dave Leonard and Dave Jackson, uh, behind the stripes, put out a new show. Uh, it's a very good episode. Make sure you head over to hwhockey.net. Check that out. We also have merch out. So if you'd like some merch uh, or a t-shirt, send me a DM. We'll make sure we get the size you need and we'll send that out to you. So for Travis and Jack, I'm Jim. Everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Next time you catch us live will be next week. I assume a Tuesday or a Wednesday, everybody, uh, make sure you're drinking your green stuff, take your vitamins, enjoy the rest of your night and let's go flyers. Go Rob Zep. Go, <laughs> Garth Snow. <laughs> there's a good one. <laughs>